Hey, this is Jeff Detellis and Jillian Foyt of You Evolve Buffalo, and this is episode number 11 of the You Evolve Buffalo podcast. And we have a very special guest, trainer and friend, Mr. Joe Rich. He is a professional bodybuilder and somebody that's really, really instrumental in the uh, local training and body natural bodybuilding scene. But before we get into our conversation with Joe, uh, we have a couple announcements on things that are happening with You Evolve Buffalo. We had a couple uh, date changes on some of our events. So I will turn that over to Jill to let you all know what's going on. Sure. So we do have our clothing swap. For anyone who is unfamiliar what that is, basically, we you know, told everybody it's time to go clean out your closet, whether you're not wearing the clothes anymore or they, you know, you just don't like them, they don't fit, whatever be the case, and bring them in. And we're going to have tables set up so that way people can come and you can kind of go through the selection of clothes that are there and take what you want. We had people from our transformation program, I know, who have lost a good amount of weight and they were like oh my gosh now I have to go buy this whole wardrobe and you know we're still in the process of losing weight and you know um aren't quite where they're where they're going to or what they're hoping to get to so you know to spend all of the money and then to have to then just buy more um we kind of came up with this idea that maybe we could hit up a clothing swap so that way people could um you know take advantage of maybe doing a purge of their closet and, um, you know, we can find some nice things that maybe some of our friends had in the process. So um, that originally was going to be this upcoming Saturday. We did switch it and we pushed it to October 1st. It is still the same time, which is from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So um, a couple hours there. If you do donate, we are asking that they are um, gently used. Don't bring us your holy gym shirts. Um, you know, try to keep it so that they're things that are usable. Uh, yeah, that are going to be usable. We ask that they're also clean. Um, anything left over, we're going to donate. Right? Yep. Anything left over, we're going to take up. Thank you to the city mission. Um, because all of that, then it doesn't end up being resold. That goes just to people who need it. Um, and there's no charge. So with that being said, this is also not um, going to be something that's profitable for anybody. This is literally pure, come, everyone can come take what they want, whatever's left will be donated. Um, we're taking um, just men and women's, we're not doing children's clothes for this one. Um, I think that might be a little bit overwhelming <laughs> with, for that, for right now at least. Um, but we did include shoes, if you have maybe like winter coats or spring jackets, rain jackets, whatever it be, um, come on out, get rid of your stuff, grab some new things, and call it a day. Call it a day. Yep. So on today's podcast, we have uh, a friend of mine and, and Joe's, Joe Rich, who is the head trainer and owner of All Business Fitness. You can find him on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram. He has a YouTube channel. Very easy to find. Joe has been around as long as I've been training and even before that. So he is definitely not new to the fitness scene. And the one story that any chance I get to tell, um, especially when talking about bodybuilding, is that Joe basically salvaged my first prep for uh 
bodybuilding when I was preparing myself. I was very new, completely green to um, prepping people for bodybuilding. Joe already had um, a lot of experience in, in prepping himself and helping other people. And I got to the dreaded six week mark and I had a complete meltdown, um, ate a bunch of ice cream. I was, I, I flat out quit my prep, my first prep. Six weeks out? Six weeks out. I mean, I, almost there. Oh, right. It's Except six, six weeks, it feels like an eternity when you've been doing it. It's right? a very tricky point yeah. in the process. And um, Joe asked me how things were going. I told him I'm done. I, I, I can't finish this. I'm, I'm in a bad way. And he talked me off the ledge, helped me retool my plan, got me back on track. And I ended up finishing and completing. And I was pretty proud of myself. But there is absolutely no way that that would have happened without Joe's guidance and encouragement. And I will never forget that. And I will always be thankful for, for that. Um, and who knows what would have happened if that didn't, if, if that didn't you happen. You wouldn't so, have competed again if you didn't do this? I don't know. You just don't know. So with all of that being Thanks said, a lot, so, no, I'm kidding. so also uh, we just had uh, Brian Spruguti on our last episode, on episode 10. And if anybody heard that, Brian also referenced Joe as especially when he was uh, returning to the scene of natural bodybuilding. And one of the first guys he went to talk to was, was Joe. He, uh, Joe turned him on to flexible dieting very early on, which is something I'm sure we're going to talk about today. And just on another side note, just this last 4th of July, when I was camping, I ran into a mutual friend of Joe and myself, um, Eugene Ring. And for we talked for about 45 minutes. And about half of that conversation, we talked about Joe, how Joe helped Eugene with, you know, in his corner with bodybuilding and Eugene went on to do powerlifting, but um, there's a lot of people in, in Joe's sphere of influence locally. Um, so this is a great opportunity. If you don't know who he is to learn a little bit more about him, how he can uh, possibly help you with personal training or even a show prep, or he's just somebody that you should absolutely be following on social media. With all that being said, Joe, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me guys. So as I like to start with, um, most people that we talk to is with your origins, how did you get started in fitness first and foremost? How young were you? Did you have somebody that kind of pushed you in that direction? Who inspired you to, to actually pick up the weights, get started? How did it all begin? Uh, so I think it was uh, a combination of watching corny 80s movies <laughs> and my father so um and I was kind of maybe I would say picked on a little bit as I was young when I was younger um a little overweight not really athletic looking nothing that I wanted or I if I'm watching those movies you know people think you should ha have to look a certain way and I kind of maybe thought that I had to look a certain way so I kind of um gravitated towards lifting weights and transforming my body. And then, um, I guess that's all she wrote. I mean, I, I started lifting weights in my bedroom when I was, I want to say 17 years old. Okay. You know, just, you couldn't do much in my, in, in, you know, in, in your, in my, my bedroom. So it was basically arms, push-ups, and crunches. Um, so, so let's, for some context, what 80s sure. movies are we talking about? 
I'm guessing. Are we talking Rocky, Rambo, um, Commando? Uh, what are we talking? Uh, the Predator, um, and then Bloodsport. I broke. I, I broke the VCR, rewinding Bloodsport uh, every day. I, I remember. I just kept. Re, I kept rewinding that, and watching Van Damme over and over and over again. And I, I, I looked at my dad. I'm like, Dad, I, I think I broke the VCR. And then. <laughs> And, and uh, of course, he, Predator is Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers, right? right. Yeah, Carl Weathers, which I just found out. I didn't know Carl Weathers. He played for the Raiders. He was a football player. I didn't even know that until recently. I knew he had a but, football background, but yeah. Baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, played football. Um, and that th those two movies kind of really, like, you know, pushed me, gave me the little push that I needed. That's cool. So then you, you, you get some weights. Did you have weights in your house already or did you have to go out and, and get those? No, I had weights. So my father kind of always kind of tinkered with things. He had a weight bench. He bought a weight bench when I was really young and he kind of always kind of like, he, he wasn't as dedicated as, as I was or I am right now, but he kind of just like would go down there. He would go on like, I don't know, weekend binges of just like, working out and then he would stop work out again um so we had a weight bench didn't like i said i didn't really use the weight bench though i just kind of used what he had which was he had a few dumbbells and i did a lot of i remember doing a lot of push-ups and a lot of crunches i would just do crunches non-stop and then i would go outside play basketball shoot hoops for hours and then that was really it kind of got i got kind of got like hooked into like the whole like um fitness thing do you, re do you remember where you were first exposed to uh, any type of programming, like workout routines or any special style of programming that might have influenced you and got you away from just doing curls, crunches, and push-ups? Yeah, it was always so, like, I remember going to, like, was it Vix? Vix, Vix was around at the time, and I Drug remember... Store, yeah. Yeah, Vic's Drugstore. I remember going there like super late at night and just reading all the Flex magazines. I think it was Muscular Development. And I would just like look at all like Dorian Yates's what he was doing at the time. Ronnie Como was getting big. So I would just basically look at all those programs and just kind of like pick and choose what I liked off of those. Never did legs. It was always. I noticed was, that you didn't say that. I wasn't <laughs> going to call you out, but now that you brought it up, Joe, there was yeah. no legs in any of that routine. No, yeah, 100% right. It was always chest, triceps, um, back, biceps, and then a shoulder day, wash, rinse, and repeat. No legs whatsoever. So, so you, uh, as most of us did, which uh, at that time period, we're talking pre-internet. Yes. Right? Um, yes. So the only way, we, you know, to get that type of information when it came to exercise and nutrition were those major magazines that that you cited muscular development flex uh you know some of the those those bigger magazines and then did you um, at some point you must have brought it into a gym and outside of the home yeah yeah so then um so then i remember for for uh my high school graduation my present my parents bought me um a gym membership to is it okay to say that the gym? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. It was it was called one on one at the time. It was at Southgate Plaza, um, which then became Fitness Factory. It was where Pleasures and Pastimes was. Yeah. Now eSport. Now eSport is now. Um, but yeah, I got a gym membership there. 
Um, yeah. So as you're, as, um, it, it, so you're, you graduate from high school, you're working out, you get your first gym membership. At this point, is there any, um, any attention being paid to nutrition at this point? Or are you just kind of more interested in the exercise? Uh, no, no. Yeah. So I, I did, I, I had, did change my diet um, from when I was working out in my, my bedroom or my house to the gym. It was, I was mainly just focused on protein, just how, how much protein can I consume? It was just, I had to eat. I thought I had to eat every two hours. It was chicken, 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 nonstop. Basically right. that's how I ate. And, and again, probably something you pulled from the, mag the magazines. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. I mean, yeah, I, some of the, and, and honestly, I remember following some of the diets in there. It, you know, it was just, yeah, just cook a cookie cutter diet. And they were just like, try this out. This will work. And I was like, okay, might as well. Yeah. There, and and there, again, without social media, without internet, the even as a career path for being a personal trainer or doing it, obviously online work was not uh, really a thing at that time. It was maybe just starting to 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 come around. Um, message boards, right? Forum boards yeah. might start, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, coming up. So, as at any point now, do you, as you're getting a little bit deeper into this fit the fitness, do you consider maybe? as it occupationally, as uh, getting into it competitively. What's your next step from there? Um, no, I, I mean, at the, t at the time I was 18 years old. And then I remember working. I, I just, I just love the feeling of working out. I just loved working out. I wasn't really, I didn't have any thoughts of, you know, occupation or like competing. I mean, I didn't know, I didn't know I could compete naturally. I think that's when it all kind of started for me. Did you know the difference know. at the time? Did you understand oh, the difference? No, the no, I didn't. I didn't know. I thought everyone just had to, um, I, I thought everyone uh, had to, had to um, take certain things or, you know, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I, I thought, yeah, I didn't know the difference. I thought just bodybuilding was bodybuilding. There was just an even playing field, but obviously we know there's not even playing field. And, you know, I know I didn't want to, I didn't want to, do that that well i just wanted to work out feel good um and that was really it was there until, a, I, met, until i met until i met this individual oh okay you want to take take us there so we can yeah so so that that gym closed down so my the, my, my original gym they shut the doors on that gym and you know i i was kind of like stranded and i'm a creature of habit i i like doing the same thing day in and day out i like my daily routine once that gets taken away from me, I'm like, oh my God, life's over. Um, so I, I had to venture into a, a which was, it, it, it was a good thing that that happened because I never would have met this individual. So I switched, I had to go to a gym called Niagara Fitness, which is now the Cove. Yes. That, 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 that was, our, do you remember that? Our restaurant? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was, that was a gym. And I met this guy, uh, his name was William Fike. Um, and he had this, he had this thing called his, his catch was willpower. He was a personal trainer there. I met him and he's like, Hey, why don't you ever, why don't you ever compete in a natural bodybuilding show? I'm like, I, I looked at him like he had lobsters crawling out of his ears. I'm like, what are you talking about? I, 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 I didn't know what, what natural bodybuilding was. And so he kind of like, 
kind of opened my eyes and said, you know, obviously, you know, we, we do things a certain way, you, you know, you get tested, you know, all this kind of, all, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'll give it a go where I got nothing to lose. And I was 20, I want to say I was 21 at the time. So for, then, for reference about what year would this be? Are we talking like early, mid 2000s? Uh, yes, correct. It was early, mid 2000s. I want to say like 2000 and maybe two, three was my first bodybuilding show. And, and which show did you do? That was the Can-Am. Okay. N N NGA Can-Am. Right. It was um, NGA at the time, not NMA. Correct. It was, it was yeah. NGA. Um, and that was at Buffalo State College at the time. Rock, Rockwell Hall. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, so this, um, the, the, the gentleman that approached you about that, he must have seen something in you, either whether it was your dedication, your physique, did, and there must have been something that made him suggest to you, you know, that you should give it a try. I'm sure he didn't say it to just anybody. He's going up to every dude in the gym. Yeah. Yeah, you I, I mean, compete? <laughs> maybe he did, but I'm just assuming that he did. Maybe. Oh, uh. Yeah, maybe he did. I, you know what? He kind of, I kind of lost um, touch with him. I know he moved to Florida and I, I tried reaching out to him. He's very, um, he's a quiet guy. He is, you know, he does, does his own thing. I don't even know if he's personal training anymore, to be honest with you, but yeah, he, you know, he, maybe he did see something in me, but I mean, I'm glad he did because I don't think I'd be where I am today. I don't even think I'd be talking to you about fitness today if it wasn't for him. Sure. There's always a cat. There's always a catalyst. Yeah. You know? Yes. Um, so how did, how did the, how did, as your first experience, how was, how was the experience? What was the prep like? What was the show? Uh, so the prep, so he, he basically, he gave me the diet that he was doing at the time, which was, you know, extremely high protein, very little carbs, very little fat. Um, it was a three month, just crash diet. Um, uh, but the experience, you know, obviously, you know, <laughs> I don't, agree with such things unless you're in extremely good shape to begin with but the experience was was great um everyone backstage was super super friendly um very competitive still but but friendly you know they helped me out they knew I was you know wet behind the ears they knew it was my first show the promoter was great uh he, he uh his, Jerry Marsali runs a great show um it was great because if it wasn't so great then I probably would have never competed again. Um, not to mention I didn't place very well. So, um, you know, if I, if, if I didn't place as, as bad as I did, I probably wouldn't have never competed again. So I don't know. It was just a, just a great experience. I, I, I loved it. No, no matter the placing, I just, I love the whole process. So you did enjoy the, the training, the dieting, the whole yeah. Uh, experience of being on stage and uh, the, the showman part of it. Yes, I, I usually tell people if you if you ever compete um, for a show, as soon as you get on stage, you're either going to love it or hate it. There's no really in between. You're going to either get bit by the bug, or you're just going to you know not do it ever again. It's just it's it's there's no happy it's there's no happy medium. And so I mean I know you remember. And, and are more uh, well-versed in the natural bodybuilding scene, both locally and nationally, much more so than I am. But do you, some of those people 
do you remember any of those people from that show that are they, you know, still around in contact? Anybody still competing? Any? I remember, I remember everyone from my class, my show. I mean, I remember some of the conversations that were back there. Um, no, not, not one of them are competing. Not one, it, it, which is. But we're talking, you know, almost 20 years ago too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I still talk to, I still talk to the guy that placed first in my class. His name is Craig Presty. He knew he, he knew he won. I was looking at this guy down, you know, down in the little, like, before you get on stage, little hallway. And you, you just, you kind of, when you go back, if you've never competed before, you kind of, you know, who's going to place first, second. It's just kind of very, you know, the, you, you know, the people that put in a lot more work, I think if that makes sense. Or they've been like, they, you know, that wasn't their first show. They've been doing it for a couple of years. Right. I, I always tell this story. I always tell, I went backstage and the guy was still covered up in his, in his track suit. And I said, he won. I knew he won. He didn't even take his, his stuff. I could see the muscles exploding out of his track suit. I, I'm like, well, he's got first place. And he did. You know, yeah. like you said, your, your eyes don't lie, you know. No, not at all. So. No, it's cool. I think about the sport that you brought up is basically just the camaraderie that's built backstage. Because, you know, I noticed that when I competed, in some of the clients that I've trained and I was backstage with or Jeff shows um, and any of the clients that he's trained that maybe I did posing with and work with them. It's always a good group of people. Like, I, I don't think that I've ever come across anyone that was remarkably notable, at least that I was like, wow, that person was a schmuck. Like everyone is really supportive and like for the, for the most part, I mean, there's nobody that's popping out at least or maybe just that everyone else was so great that if there was a schmuck that I just don't remember them. But it's, I think the camaraderie and the companionship that's built backstage. Cause I think we just, there's an appreciation for the sport and what it took for everybody and the process that people went through for however many weeks, depending on where they started to actually get to that point. And I think that that's something that I think kind of goes like under noticed or under discussed, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but that's something I think that really makes the experience. And like you said, you know, if you had not placed well and you were surrounded by jerks, like why would you ever want to even do that again if it was something, do you know what I mean? Correct, I, that I there's agree. something to be said about that too. Yeah, 100%. I mean, two, 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 of, the, um, two of the people that I met back there, they invited me, invited me to their weddings. I mean, that's, I never would have met, would have met those individuals. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The, yeah. Was, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a good experience. I, I love it. Um, hopefully I can do a few more shows, you know, uh, in the future. We'll see. So you've obviously competed uh, a bunch after that. So yeah. after you're getting that first experience and you, and as you said, it was a positive experience. Do you come right back to it? Do you kind of, take notes, say, okay, this is what I need to improve. Do you seek help to improve that? Do you try to do it on your own? Do you stick with the guy who helped you? What, what, where does your, where do you take your next step from there? So basically, so I competed the, with, within a year, actually the following year to, to the day almost, I competed. Um, so basically I did things on my own. I, I did a dirty bulk as it's called. Um, for those of you who are, watch, are listening to this or watching, 
I just kind of like ate as whatever I wanted, just try to gain as much weight as I could. Thought it was going to be majority muscle. It, it, it wasn't when I, when, when push comes to shove, when I took all the, the weight off, it was, I didn't really gain anything. So dirty bald used his same diet because he wasn't around at the time. I think he might've left for Florida. So I didn't really have anybody. So I basically copied his diet on a piece of paper and just did the same diet all over again, crash dieted. And I ended up placing the exact same, which was fifth out of sixth, the exact same. And so, and you said you probably came in probably close to the same physique, not much change at that point. No, if not, if not worse. Because of maybe the dirt, the dirty bulk or. Yeah, probably. Or I crashed dieting or maybe, you know, from doing it from a year ago, maybe I didn't give myself enough time to, to get back to where, you know, where I was, homeostasis, whatever. But yeah, I, I, I might even have looked worse. I think I did look worse, to be honest with you. I think, I think I looked better the year prior. Okay. And, and but still enjoyed the experience and it wasn't, yeah. and it didn't dis, dishearten you or. No, no, I'm, no, I'm very competitive. So there's only so many times you can knock me down till I'm going to like, okay, what do I got to do to, to get to where I got to go? Yeah. You know, was, hungry that, people, was that your time or did you have to go through it again? No. So, <laughs> no. So I didn't, I think I took two years off. I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself time to grow. I'm young. I'm going to give myself time to grow. These are like the growing years. These are like some of the best years for muscle growth. Gave myself two years and then contacted a guy named Lane Norton, probably with eight weeks left. And he's like, I remember him saying, he's like, I'm not a miracle worker. I, I can't. I, you're giving me eight weeks, kid. That's basically what he told me. And I said, I said, okay, do what you can in eight weeks. So, you know, he did what he could. I was in pretty decent shape when I contacted him. You know, he's like, have you been refeeding? I'm like, refeed? What do, you, what do you mean refeed? He's like, you know, are you raising your carbs every so often? I said, no. He's like, let's start doing this. So that show, I ended up placing third out of eight. So that's a good improvement. It, it was. I was extremely happy. Um, so for some for some context, Joe, um, because I think it's it's important to for maybe people that a don't know who Lane Norton is, okay. and the idea that at this point you have contacted him and and correct me if I'm wrong, you're using him as an online coach. Correct. To, so you're communicating whether it's via email, but at this time, this is very very new to the fitness industry of the idea of an online coach, the type of where you mentioned he's talking about refeeding. And this is kind of the, the birth of what we would call flexible dieting. So it, it's kind of a pinnacle important yes. time in the industry. And again, if correct me if I'm wrong, you, you got on very early with a guy like Lane Norton, who, now, if anybody doesn't know him, he's got a huge following. He's been around for, we're talking now close to, you know, 15, 20 years. Um, and is probably one of the foremost, um, I would say, um, I don't know how much online coaching, if he does at all, but he, his reputation proceeds as 
you know, one of the forefathers of online coaching and flexible dieting. Yes. Um, I'll fast forward a little bit. I tried to contact him maybe eight years ago and he wouldn't even take me on as a client. That's, that's how busy he was. He kind of picks and chooses who he wants to work with and he wouldn't even, he wouldn't even work with me. So that's how big he, um, he's become. And he, he was one of the first influencers or the first online coaches um, to hit the scene. So contacted him. Um, he was, you know, I think he's got, you could, he could be reached at bio lane. He's a natural bodybuilder. One of the, yeah, I can't say he's one of the best natural bodybuilders, but he's up there. You know, he's very competitive. Um, he now he's a power, he tur- he's a bodybuilder turned power lifter. He more so does power lifting now. Um, refeed days for people who don't know that, which is basically, um, a higher carb day. So a lot of, a lot of coaches or dieters will have you do a cheat meal per se, but he had me do refeed meals, which is, you know, that's basically a higher carb day, but watching your carb intake you have, when he tells you 350 carbs, you basically have to get that within five grams either way. So 345 or 355. Um, everything, everything was controlled with him. Nothing was, you know, a cheat meal or a binge binge day. Um, he was very, uh, he was very punctual with things. If I didn't email him every so many days, he would reach out to me. So he was very uh, aggressive with things, which, which I liked because, you know, when you get to the six week out mark, your head's kind of like all over the place and Maybe sometimes you just want to give up, but he, that's why you hire an online coach because um, they kind of keep you on track. You kind of have to have not everybody, but not even, even some of the top, top bodybuilders hire coaches. You just have to have someone to keep you on track. So uh, another thing besides the refeed is probably the introduction of rather than just following a meal plan and eating chicken rice and broccoli seven times a day would be the introduction of the flexible dieting of actually, as you already alluded to, keeping count of how many grams of daily carbohydrates, fats, and proteins that you're eating, which I'm assuming at that point was probably new to you as well. Yes. So Basically, um, you would, he basically said, eat whatever you want, as long as you keep it within these restrictions, which these numbers, which, um, you know, 200 grams of protein, he didn't care where the sources came from, as long as you stayed within those numbers. Which is the, the, the whole, what, what, the idea of the flexibility, that's why they call it flexible dieting. Yeah. So if you don't like chicken, you can get it from fish or beef, or if you don't like, you don't have to have broccoli, you can have another source of carbohydrates. It doesn't matter if it's a sweet potato, a white potato, rice, you know, you can customize it more towards your taste and even yes. allow some foods that norm, traditionally wouldn't be viewed as dieting or bodybuilding food where you can have maybe some cereal or breads or you know junk even junk food as long as you stayed within your parameters yes everybody thinks that it's it's a free-for-all but if you choose those foods it eats up your numbers pretty quick so it's it's not always the best idea to do that because all of a sudden it's like oh my god i got no no more macros left to eat 
No, your yeah, your numbers won't stretch. You're, I mean, if I was to do that today, I I would eat a lot cleaner within those parameters restrictions instead of eating cereal. I always go back to Lucky Charms. I would rather have oranges or something, something with a little more nutritional value. Sure, but it's the flexibility is nice yeah. to always you know because um, right one the saying is the number one. The number one factor when dieting is compliance, right? So Correct. if it's something you can't comply to, it doesn't matter how good the diet is. Correct. If you don't stick to it, what good is it, right? Absolutely. So so how did that show end up playing out? Is that when you went from third to third place after working with Lane? So I, yeah, so I went from, so I got I got third place with, with the little eight-week time that I gave him. So I'm thinking to myself, well, if I give this guy eight weeks, what can he do for 26 weeks. So I think I got, I contacted him maybe four or five months later and I go, okay, Lane, it's time. I want a 26 week diet with you. This is, this is the show I want to compete in, which was the Olympus, another Jerry Marsala NGA show. I want to compete in the fall. You got 26 weeks. You tell me what to do. I'm going to do it. So we gave, so I gave him the 26 weeks. Um, I finally got what I wanted. That was the first time I had placed first. I think I, I want to say I beat out maybe like maybe 12 guys, 10 or 12 guys. It was a bigger, back then the shows were a little bigger than they are now. A lot of people, a lot of more people were competing back then, but yeah, he was, he was the guy that actually, he got me to where I wanted to go. So I, my head. Thanks, Lane. If <laughs> I really, yeah, it was it was good. I remember crying on stage. Like it was like five or six years like in the making. I I I, I started crying. I was just like, yeah, it was. It was a good At day. that point, Joe, now that you 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 uh, you have a few shows under your belt, you're progressively you know placing better. Are people coming up to you now? People in, in the gym where you're working out are probably recognizing. Hey, this guy's serious. Look at the changes he's making. Do you remember what he used to look like? Hey, now he just won this competition. Are people starting to come to you to seek advice or for you know information and, and that type of thing? I would I, I, I would guess so. Yes. Yeah. P people would come up to me, and you know, I would still reach out to people myself and say, you know, you know. Do you need help? You know, I, yeah, I, I just, yeah, people are coming up to me and I, I would continue to just help people that needed help. It was just kind of like, that's how, that's how my mind works. That's how were you it, training like as part of like as a job or were you just kind of helping people out? Like just like a hobby? No. So I was, so I was a personal trainer at the YMCA on Southwestern Boulevard for a time. So was doing that personal training there. And then I started training with this nutritionist on Southwestern Boulevard also. So I was doing that for a time there as well. And then I kind of got away from, away from the whole training scene for a bit. Um, but yeah, I was still, I was still competing at the time, still loved it. Kind of just working on myself at the time. What, are, what, are, what were some more of the, at the, at, in that time period? So now we're probably fast forwarding, probably closer to, maybe 2010, 2012, somewhere around there, if I had to put the timeline together. Yes, you're right. So 
changes in the, what do you see besides the online training, which is probably starting, there's absolutely more of that starting to come into play. Um, what do you, what, what, what do you remember at that time as far as like trends? Besides the trend of online training, do you remember any trends in the gym, how training was changing, how the actual um, uh, bodybuilding scene was changing, internet just, coming into play with social media at this point? So yeah. this is kind of, a, it, in my mind, you know, from here into those next five, six years is kind of a pivotal point in in not only fitness, but also in, I mean, our local scene, a lot of things changed in, in that, that period of time. Yes. I remember, I, I strongly remember them pushing, they wanted to combine powerlifting and bodybuilding together and sit and saying that you could do, you could do both, both. I remember running powerlifting programs and even while I was competing for a show and running those programs, that, that that's one thing that really sticks out in my head is just those two worlds combining power building. yes power lifting and, and bodybuilding yeah. um but yeah as far as like the online coaching that just got huge I, I i never thought it would get as big as it did and i think it's would you say it's bigger now than it's ever but i mean it's huge i would i would i think i would yeah yeah i think so um yeah. I mean, there's so many people, especially with like Instagram and the social media outlets that weren't as readily available back then, or at least not as, as to the extent that they are. Yeah. Um, so back then there was like, you said the forum message board. So there was bodybuilding.com and that was like the, the Bible of, you know, where, where you would go, you know, you would start a contest prep thread and just people would check it and message you and DM you, but now you'd you set your profile up. You'd have a profile on yeah. there, just almost like the first, you know, MySpace. I was going to say, this like before MySpace. Kind yeah. Of. yeah, yeah, right, right around With the same building. time or slightly before, correct? Yeah. So yeah, it was it was all just kind of everything was kind of starting to, to bubble to the surface, where you know somebody like yourself can access somebody from halfway across the country or halfway across the world, for that matter. To to help with the training yeah and then you had um you have trends like you said the the power building you have crossfit starting to slowly come from the west coast over um you have uh, and along with crossfit you end up with the, the paleo diet becomes super huge in that early you know 2010 to 12 13 era which brings in what I would call the, um, the the nutrition wars of low carb versus low fat. You know, ketogenic diet becomes big again, and it, there was there was a whole uh, I don't know. It seemed like there was a whole lot of action going on. That's the way I remember it. it, it yeah, I think I think people were just trying to pull people towards what they believed in. Like you said, the paleo diets where people were were pushing like little to no carbs, or then. You had carb pushers pulling you the other way, flexible dieters. You had crossfitters, powerlifters. But it's just, it feels like everything was just like, yeah, like you said, bubbling from the surface. But like people were trying to pull you in a certain direction and like you didn't know which direction to go in. So you kind of just had to pick one and just run with it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I feel like maybe that's where a lot of, I mean, you know, 
you hear people say all the time, like when it comes to like nutrition, like how many people have you had come up to you and they're like, I don't know how to eat. And it's like, well, what do you mean? But if just to go on Google, you Google something and people are looking for healthy, we'll say just healthy, we'll use the word diet as not a necessarily weight loss term, but just a universal nutrition aspect. And you, I think people still can get pulled every which way that, you know, that there's still like, I still don't know how to eat though. So I feel yeah. like maybe that was the start of it. And it gets so confusing for people that, you know, and with the, the benefit of the um, easily accessible information on the internet can also be a blessing, but it can also be a curse because then there's just too much and you're just inundated with information that may or may not even be true. Right. Or, anybody or applicable. Can, right. Applicable. Right. Cause anybody can publish anything, right. You can put yeah. any, you go on Instagram. I'm sure you could find probably a thousand different ways to lose 20 pounds in whether it's 24 hours that people will try to sell you on. <laughs> right. Or yeah. a reasonable, you know, four weeks. Yeah. Whatever. So mm -hmm. it's just like, there's just so much information still out there. You so, know, Joe, where did, so where did you kind did you kind of draw your, um, put your, your, you know, sword in the ground and because you seem to be, have been pretty consistent. I would say you've been as far as training, um, one of the, the few guys I know that are, you know, always kept themselves in really good shape. You don't see a lot of fluctuation. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I usually don't see a lot of fluctuation in, you know, putting on, doing those dirty bulks and cuts and always, you know, I, I always said, Joe's always six weeks out. Joe always looks like he's six weeks out from competition. Looks like you, you know, and have a good sense of where your fighting weight is, where you're comfortable, where you perform best. And at, at some pretty, you know, lower body weights, I've seen you pull some pretty impressive deadlifts and heavy weights and you train hard and strong at, you know, you know, for somebody sub 200. Thanks. Um, you know what, Jeff, I just, and I appreciate that. I just, I didn't like the way I felt when I dirty balled. This whole thing is, has been, how, how do how do I feel? And, and, and am I okay with looking at that person in the mirror? Those two things are always screamed out at me. I know I didn't like how I felt and looked when I dirty bolt. So I kind of was like, I have to find, I have to find a system that works well for me and my lifestyle. And I, you know, this whole thing was I, 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 longevity. Like I want to live a long life. So I kind of, and even now I'm trying to, even now I'm changing my diet, even, even today, like, you know, what, what foods can I eat that are going to make me feel a certain way or, you know, if I'm training super hard, do I need, you know, X amount of vitamin B6 or whatever, C, do I need, I need, I'm just constantly like, I don't know, evolving. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. No pun intended, but like, yeah, I just didn't like how, how I felt when I did that. So I, I found a system that works well for me and yeah, I just like staying in shape. And if some, if I was to look a certain way, um, you know, people are like, you know, what, what is, I hate to say it, but like, you know, we're very visual human beings. Like, so if, if I'm out of shape, why would someone come to me for, for guidance? If that makes sense. Sure. Like, I, yeah. I want to be held accountable, not only for me, but for, you know, for you, I, I kind of want to, I want to look a certain way for, 
for you. So you, you know, you come to me and you're like, Oh, wow. Maybe that guy, you know, he does know what he's talking about. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, there's, you can't be, uh, it, it would be hard to sell a, a do as I say, not as I do. Yes. You know, that's, that's going to be, you're going to, that's a bit of an uphill battle. Um, and I also think that, you know, there's, there's a point where, you know, somebody, so you're not, we, all the three of us are not always going to be Tom Brady. At some point, you're going to have to be Bill Belichick, right? Yes. So where you're not, you know, under center playing, the, playing the game, but you're going to have to rely more on your coaching and your wisdom and your experience yes. and the X's and O's of, you know, you're not always going to be the performer. You're going to be more of the, the coach. Correct. I think that's, that's just a, re, a reality of things, but you know, you have to, the longer you stay in the game, you pick up more, you know, traits and experience and it all goes into, you know, trainers always say, you know, you have to have a toolbox and you know when to pull the tool out when otherwise if all you have is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail, you know? Correct. So, yeah, I think you, you, uh, you have been one of the, um, handful of people that have rolled, like we've just outlined, rolled with the punches for, for such a, an extended period of time. Um, 20, we're talking, you know, 20 years now, right? 2000s to it's 20, it's 2022 already. That, I mean, that's, that's a life sentence, 20 years, <laughs> you know? Um, yes. So where, where do you, uh, tell us a little bit about your, your business model now, as far as your, your training, we're happy to have you, you know, working with clients over at UEvolve Buffalo. I'm fortunate enough to run into you pretty frequently now. And I, I see some of the people that you train and those people, even the people that uh, come in and see you, they're fantastic people. Those guys, I always see you training those guys are great guys. And it's just, the energy is good. Love being around. And we've been very fortunate to always be surrounded by great people, whether it's the clients or the trainers or the instructors, you know, very fortunate. And I think you just, you and your clientele just bring more of, of that to the table. The so guys. who, you know, what, um, are you working with a certain type of people? Are you working to general fitness? What do you have to offer? Uh, first off, I'm grateful that you guys that you guys have me there. I basically work with, and I say this to anybody. If you, I want people to feel how I feel every morning and and all day long, which is awesome. I feel like I can, for a 40 year old, I feel like I can do things better now than I did when I was in my early 20s. So I want you to feel a certain way. So I basically I'll work with anybody that wants, that's willing to work with me and put in, put in the work and the dedication and the time and the discipline and, and the preparation, whatever, whatever it takes to get you to your goal, whether it be, I tell people 10 pounds or whether it be a hundred pounds, I'll work with anybody as long as the will is there. I don't care the age. I don't care. I don't, I, I just, I don't care. Just as long as you're willing to work, I'm willing sure. to work with you. One of the lines I always use is a pint of blood for a pint of blood. Don't, you know, I don't want to be pouring out gallons and getting teaspoons back, you know, Correct. One Correct. Of, you know it's always more, it's, it's more enjoyable for everybody when everybody's pulling in the same direction on, on the same, on the same rope and you're not, you know, fighting somebody 
you know, they're, they're drowning and they're pulling you down with you, you know, they you gotta, do too. you know, you got to try to swim a little yeah. bit here. I'm here to help, but I can't, yeah. you know, um, but I, I, I agree with you hundred percent. It's a lot of it is about, um, dedication and, and people putting in the work and, and, uh, you know, we've talked about in passing too. I always say some of the people in the, the older demographic that at least that I work with, I have some, I have, you know, pretty wide swath of people and, and great people in, in all demographics, but some of those older folks, and by older, I mean my age and a little bit older, they have some grit. I mean, some yeah. grit and commitment. They're usually a lot of my like 5 a.m. people. I call them my type A personality people that they're there. You know, I know I, I got to get there 20 minutes early because they're getting there 15 minutes early. And I always say, give me five more people like that. Give me five more people that with that type of uh, commitment and you can work wonders with, with people like that. It's just so, so enjoyable to have somebody that's that committed. Absolutely. Just and show me a little effort. Yeah, effort. you'll absolutely attract that. Effort goes a long way. I would say it might be the most important factor in, 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 reaching, in reaching a goal. I agree. 100%. Effort and discipline. Effort and discipline. So I get a lot of pushback, just as long as we're on, on the topic. I, I always say, and, and let me know what, what you think is, I'm not a motivator. I always, I rail against motivation. Guys, I always say motivation is fleeting. Motivation is, you know, right now I feel like, you know, almost a little too impulsive. You know, motivation will get you started but it's the discipline and effort that's going to get you to finish because there's going to be times when you're not motivated and you're not going to feel like doing it and it's going to be cold out and you're going to be tired and you're going to be hungry and you're going to be, there's always going to be something, right? And right. that motivation is just not going to be there and be able to drag you um, out the door, get you in the car. And I always say, if you can just get through the doors and make it to your training session, you'll never say, God, I wish I didn't come here. You know, it's going to be, I'm glad I came. I feel so much better, you know, but the discipline is what the habits that you build over time. That's what gets you to the finish line. The motivation. Sometimes people come out of the gates too hot for me. You know, they're, they're so motivated. I'm like, whoa, this is going to, you, that, that wick is going to burn a little <laughs> too quick. Yeah. yeah. I, I, t I usually tell people, um, slow and steady will will win this race so I, I love i love your attitude out of the gate i just is it is it sustainable are you going to have this at the end and that's you know just deposit little i what is it deposit little pennies into the piggy bank every day yeah. and you'll get to, you get to your goal that's yeah. it yeah it's like interest it starts to compound yes compounds over time i feel like part of like where that happens though is that there's again going back to like maybe the internet and just all of the information that's out there people think that they have to do it and they got to do it fast and they got to do it now and there's all these challenges and the magazine covers that tell you that you can lose 50 pounds in three weeks and like I feel like part of it goes kind of along the lines of that that people think that they need to have this strong ambition and that it can't be just small little subtle changes over time and those pennies go and they think that they need to be investing hundred dollar bills and in, in when it comes down to it the more longevity 
that there is to it is going to actually get you further and be something that's more sustainable and not that quick fix. I usually tell people, do you, if you had two roads to pick, do you want the quick fix or do you want to go through what it takes to get there? I, 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 I want to go through what it takes to get there. I don't want the quick and easy route. That doesn't build anything you know, mentally. You know what I mean? It's if I, if I didn't take all those, if I didn't take my journey, like I said, would I be here today? So do you want the quick fix or do you want to like, do you want to go through everything and, and build on things, not only physically, but mentally? I mean, it's not only just a, a physical thing, but it's a mental thing with me. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It's definitely the, um, um, as a, a stress release, um, um, dopamine release makes you feel good. Um, a sense of accomplishment, um, you know, just knowing, you know, I always, I, especially the people like early morning people, I would say, well, hopefully that was the hardest part of your day and you just got it out of your way and everything else is going to seem easy after crawling out of bed and getting a, a good workout in, you know, and then that was, you already won the day. Everything else is going to be, you know. Then I think that also it's, it's good character building too, because once you develop that, that sense of, sense of discipline. And like you said, being able to get through all of those things. That's why, like, you know, even with the girls and stuff and why I really like, um, like I work with a lot of parents and moms because, you know, my goal is to help them kind of encourage their kids then to develop these skills along the way. So it becomes second nature because it's, something that can be character building where it not only builds the discipline, but along the way you develop a sense of confidence, the ability to say no, it builds the leadership skills or, you know, just the, you know, like I said, that confidence that allows you to go a little bit further and, um, you know, I'm losing yeah. words. Well, but yeah, you get what I'm, you guys get where I'm going with this. Yeah, and it also leads to for, other challenges besides fitness, just the daily life's, yeah. challenge, life's challenges. Work, I feel like, yeah, just anything, anything that you go through. The, the, the more you go through something and realize that you can get through it, the more you realize you are capable of getting through. Correct. I agree. Well, where do you see, where do you see, you, do you see any trends in the industry is fitness? Uh, we already, we talked about you know, the, the online coming into, you know, prevalence and do you see anything, you know, on the horizon, anything or anything kind of going away? Where, where do you see the state of the industry <laughs> at, at this point? Anything stick out to you? Um, you know, I see a lot of, I, I think, I think the online training or programming is going to continue to grow upward in the upward direction. Um, but then again, I, I, I know people want to like, you know, that's, that's what they call their therapy to go to the gym or go see a personal trainer. So I think people want to continue to like be pushed in person. You kind of develop that relationship with somebody between the, you know, the, the client and the personal trainer. Um, so as far as like trends, I, Jeff, it's so, it's so hard. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think we're going to be hot, like how it is right now for a while. 
kind of like a blend where you're, you're utilizing so like so like we're utilizing the zoom right now so yeah. there's still you know to, abilities to work with people and communicate with your clients online throughout the week but yet still be able to you know train them in person and you're right it's probably going to be like a, a hybrid model I, I I can't I can say this and it, it really it aggravates me. It's been it's been getting on my, my nerves and not a lot of things get on my nerves. I've seen lines way too long for the wrong things. So I don't know if um, people or the obesity rate or I don't know if every everything's gonna continue to rise in that direction and then there's gonna be a big call for personal trainers i just you know when i see a line a line you know out the door that wraps around a building for donuts but then there's there's that same line isn't for getting in shape that kind of like i kind of scratch my head and, and say like you know what's what's going on where are people's minds where they're you know are they thinking into the future are they thinking for their 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 kids sake or their sake or you know what's going on yeah they're not that's the problem is i don't i think everyone can tends to be very short not everyone i shouldn't say everyone but many people tend to tend to be very short-sighted and it seems like there's a lot of like oh life is short treat yourself kind of mentality that you know people are forgetting that a treat is supposed to be an occasional thing right not a three times a day thing. And, um, you know, I think that there's between the chemical, the addictive chemicals that are put into the food and again, maybe some misinformation, you go to the label reading, people maybe are confused because they think that they're making better choices because, um, you know, they're picking non-GMO, but you still turn it around and it's not necessarily good ingredients. So I think there's a little bit of that. And then, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to knock the body positivity movement right now, especially as a female, because when you loving yourself, it, you, you should love yourself regardless. Right. And, right. but I also, um, you know, I don't want to say that I can't stand behind it, but I want people to want to take care of themselves and be happy and love themselves, but also in a healthy body because they love themselves enough to take care of themselves that, you know, that they're not worrying that, you know, the adipose tissue is suffocating their organs and stuff like that. So it's, I, I think that there's, it is confusing, but I also feel like I don't want to, I mean, you can't blame anybody as much as you no, no. like, oh, well, there's, you know, there's the media and the social media and everything else, because I feel like it's a double-edged sword because going back to even what you said, back to watching the movies in the eighties, like that inspired you to want to change your habits and it made you want to you know, look a certain way where also in turn that that's what this could be a whole different podcast, but the media and the social media could end up being like detrimental mentally because then people develop eating disorders and yada, yada, yada. But um, there's also, I think this movement right now that fitness is, doesn't need to be a priority. Your health doesn't necessarily need to be a priority and that it kind of gets put on the back burner for um instant gratification i would agree with that and you're also seeing i mean uh, a lot of these you know whether it's uh you know kelvin klein or some of these big bigger um fashion fashion institutions 
which when we were growing up traditionally had, <laughs> remember the, the models were referred to as waifs. They were so skinny, like the Kate Mosses and yeah, which, you know, almost like unhealthy in a in a yeah, in the the other opposite way. way right. Where now they're they're literally, you know, obese to morbidly obese on the you know covers of these magazines. And again, not to not trying to put in a negative light on yeah, no, anybody. But I will 100% say unequivocally that being obese is unhealthy. There's yeah. no question about it. It's unhealthy. No different than being that thin. You know, I mean, unless maybe that's your natural build, but being that thin and, and aspiring to be that thin is a, not healthy either. There's right? diminishing returns yes. on, on, on either end of things. Yeah. But I mean, you have to also be in, in, a, <clears throat> in a place where you have to be honest about it. Yeah. It, it's not healthy you it's it's fixable yeah you know there's people to help there is information out there there's people like ourselves who are willing to help you know work and help and um and and not saying that it's easy no taking mm -hmm. that first step isn't easy um but I, I kind of alluding to what jill was saying is it kind of rubs me the wrong way when people are almost encouraging that unhealthy behavior and I even hesitate to say acceptance of that because you everybody should be accepted sure. but it it uh they need to know the truth also yeah I think part of it is like I think that we're all pretty caring individuals and I think that that's kind of what it comes back to is that I know I do not like to see people in pain and to know that somewhere down the line there very well may be some level of suffering and illness that comes a person's way if they're not taking care of themselves, you know, consistently, I guess. Um, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to just sit back and watch and not have any feelings for it. as much as like I respect like uh, you do you and I'll do me and I have to kind of mind my own business. Sure. I understand that, but I also just want to be like, please, like there are so many resources and just coming from somebody who, um, you know, when I, years ago, before I started any of this, I was, I actually fell into a category of being obese and I just know how unhappy I was. And I was, I mean, at five, two, I was my highest. And it was probably right after I had Aubrey, I was like 190 pounds. I probably lived around like 170, 180 and that, that, that for me was very uncomfortable and I was extremely unhappy. And um, I mean, had I not decided to make some of my own changes, I don't know where I would have ended up either. But, you know, um, I think just kind of recalling my own feelings and, um, you know, you have conversations with, with people that, you know, it's, 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 it's heartbreaking because it's, you don't want people to feel that bad. No. I, I, I honestly don't think, I mean, contrary to. Nobody wants, I don't believe yeah. it for a second that anyone wants to feel unhealthy and like they can't go up a flight of stairs without feeling like they can't breathe. I know for me, and Joe, you probably feel the same way. If you have five, five extra pounds on you, that's unwanted. You feel it. I, I, I mean, I, I do. You know, it's hard to do pull-ups with five extra pounds. I lose two reps, you know, yeah, if it's not the right kind of weight. It's it's just, and, and you know, we've 
it's fun doing a dirty bulk and it's fun for a little while to try, you know, having those little free for all moments. But you know what? When it's time to take it off, you pay for it. It's harder. It doesn't get any easier. You have to, you know, you got to put that. It's no fun. No, it's and I think not, it goes so back. It's so much more than, you know, the, it's so much more than like vanity. It's not, yeah, we, it's nice to look good, but I think when it comes to just overall health and wellness, I really think that that's kind of where the focus needs to be. And if instead of, instead of focusing on the vanity aspect of it, people just in general thought about their general and overall health, then, then maybe the conversation would be a little bit different. Correct. Um, you might remember, uh, if you don't remember the name, Joe, you would definitely remember it with you some. Do you remember from uh, uh, Southtown's Fitness, a guy, uh, Mike Tweedy? Man, it sounds really familiar, Jeff. It's her, uh, Chris's boyfriend's brother. Got it. So oh, yeah, <laughs> Mike was a great, great dude. And we're talking, we're at the gym and I was probably weighing about 195 at the time. <laughs> and, I, and I go, I go, Mike, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna stop eating until I get 225, I told him. <laughs> this is <laughs> a, yeah. I said, I'm going for 225, and I forgot what I wanted to bench or whatever I wanted to do, but I was okay. just I'm like, I'm all in until I get to that weight and I wanna whatever bench 400 pounds or whatever it was at the time okay he goes don't do it <laughs> don't do it and i'm like I, I, I was waiting for him to be like yeah yeah let's go get some donuts let's go i thought i was looking for a little encouragement he's a course a poor mission don't do it. Like, what do you mean he he goes listen he goes your body will never be the same You'll never be the same. You'll, you're going to, you know, basically you're going to stretch your skin. You'll never, once you lose that weight, it's, it's going to be too tough to get out. He talked to me off the ledge, right? Right then and there. And he went on to, you know, whatever. We had a great conversation, but I did. I, I, I put the brakes on right there. The most for like a day, I hit like 205 for like a day, you know. Not, that's, the heaviest, that's the heaviest I got, what you just said, it's 205. 205. It didn't last long. I mean, I hung in the high 190s for, you know, yeah. periods of time. But I was, I was 225. That was going <laughs> That would have been a bad idea. That would have I, I think, been, yeah, I think, he, I think he, he was I the voice of reason. He was the voice of reason. Yeah. I'll never, one of those things. I'll never, I'll never, never forget that conversation. But um, I, I think, I, I think there's a, a lot of hope in the future as far as, I, you know, things ebb and flow when there's yes. the pendulum swings. And I, I think you're right, Joe. I think there will be a time where I think the fitness and change, you know, putting that as more of a, I don't want to say a priority because I don't, I don't know that it's not a priority, but I think the pendulum will swing to where it'll be a little more in vogue to, you know, uh, not, want to YOLO and so I think Jeff and, and not to bring up bring it up but I think the past two three years really like people were like cooped up so they were like you know what I'm just gonna let loose I'm just yeah. gonna I mean that that was a the, the past two or three years was a really hard time for everybody so not sure. now they're just like 
you know, you, you cooped me up for three years. Now I'm just going to, I'm just going to go bonkers. And I, like I said, I think you're right. I think the pendulum will swing, but it's going to take people to get to a certain point for it to come that way. Yeah. Well, I think during that, I mean, during that time, I, you know, people, um, you know, sometimes use food as like their coping mechanism. It's going through all of that and it being um, a difficult time for people mentally. I mean, I know people who they were very isolated. They didn't have anybody else that they lived with, not even family. I mean, they were literally on their own and kept themselves extremely isolated. Yeah. Um, just work, work, work changed for people. Maybe they weren't able to go to work. Yeah. Um, finances became an issue. I mean, just all around. And everyone had their own experiences. And, um, you know, I think that um, that became a difficult time for people because, they kind of resorted to food as their coping tool um, because again, the, I don't, the gratification of it. And then and there once, was no other source of entertainment. It was no. like DoorDash. People were just like DoorDash. Yeah. And you wanted to, there were, you know, people trying to support the restaurants, um, the, okay. the alcohol, yeah. the liquor stores didn't close. You could find that. So then people were home by themselves getting bombed and then ordering the DoorDash so that it was just, you know, you're dealing with that too. And it's, it's not out of judgment. It's just, it's kind of no. just yeah. what was right. And Correct. then, um, you know, once things that summer, I think opened back up just a little bit, I think everyone was like, Oh my God, we're able to go out and then everything shut down again. And we were kind of in, you know, part do. And it was like, once like this past summer, I think was probably the most like normal that it's been. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm maybe losing time frame here too, but no, you're, no, I feel you're like right. for the most part. So, um, you know, we had, we had a lot of people come back, but there were a lot of people that were like, we just feel like we haven't done anything in the last two years. So now you people have gone from doing nothing, but maybe being cooped up in their house to feeling like they want to do everything. Like, was there a fair? The fair wasn't last year, right? The corn festival, the fair, even locally, the Bills yeah. games, um, you know, just all of yeah. these, the summer events, the whatever it be, um, you know, it, it was hard to find something to do a couple of years ago. And now everyone's making up for what they feel might be lost, lost time, times, right? Lost times, yeah. Yeah. Well, they also, Joe, they, they, I mean, they outright, you know, told us and they told somebody like yourself, you're, you know, you want to work in a gym, you're non-essential. Yeah. We that was their words. Yeah. You're non-essential. You're not important. It, <laughs> which was crazy. Which considering. was crazy that health, you know, took such a back seat. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, I mean. It wasn't crazy, Jeff. It was downright stupid. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I, I, I'll just I'll say it's it was stupid. I tell people right now the best medication a doctor can prescribe is working out in fitness. It's just bottom line. It's, it's exercise and nutrition. One yeah, yeah. Over any over any pills or whatever they throw at you, just start but start now before it gets to that point where you have to go see a doctor. Yeah. Start now. Don't yeah. let it. Don't, don't let it wait. Don't let. Don't let yourself wait. I mean, like I said, I'm doing this for longevity and how I feel and look. I, and I, I hate to say it, everyone should do some type of physical activity. Some type. Yeah. 
even if the yeah even when we've briefly said this even if the to start the most you can do is to get off your your couch and walk to your mailbox if that's the most that you're able to do start there that's the penny start putting the penny in the bank yeah that's great that's that's great i think walking walking's underrated oh my god so completely underrated as far as I, I've seen all the online coaches, a lot of them are telling you the cardio that they want you to do is hit at least 10,000 steps a day. That's, that's what, that's their cardio. Yeah. So yeah, low, I think, low I think it's, impact, a, it's free. Anybody yeah. can do it as long as you don't have any orthopedic issues. Yeah. Um, you're getting fresh air and sunshine. If you're outside, it, you could still do it on a treadmill. Um, it's um, you're yeah. mobilizing a lot of because it's um, you're not getting your heart rate too high. Most of the energy that you're expending is derived from body fat, you know, because your heart rate's you know staying in those lower ranges. You don't need that call for quick energy. It's it's there's YouTube so there's YouTube videos for walking workouts in your living room where you're literally walking in place. You can find I'm not kidding. You can find them on YouTube. Walk right in your living room. And because I know there's people too, I mean, and I've, I've actually, um, you know, had people say, and, um, you know, their friends experience that maybe they know somebody who's feeling embarrassed because of where they're starting, that they don't want to be out in public. They don't want to be out walking in their neighborhood because, you know, they're feeling as though maybe they're being judged YouTube videos. If it, I, I 100% get outside if you can, but if for whatever reason, if that's where you got to start, if you want to start in your living room and walking again add the penny to the jar so it's yep. hard 100 so how what would be the uh the best way for somebody to get a hold of you if they had any questions about training what you have to offer what your schedule is like so they can reach the consultation yeah instagram all business fitness or they can contact me on facebook uh you know friend request me joe rich um drop me a message on there and We'll, we'll, we'll go from there. Anything, anything you think we, we missed and didn't maybe need to touch on it? I think we covered quite a bit. No, we covered quite a bit. I'll, I'll just let, if someone's watching this right now, don't, like I said, don't wait. The, the longer you wait on fitness, um, the harder it gets. So if you're going to start, start now. And, and like Jill said, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Um, but baby steps, drop the pennies in the jar, just start, period. All right. So there you have it. Reach out to Joe, get in touch with him. Uh, Joe, thanks. As always, great talking to you. Always enjoy our conversations. Appreciate you you coming on and spending a little of your, your evening with us. Um, signing off. And we'll catch everybody on the next episode.